0: What's up, everybody? This is the seventh episode of the Easy Podcast, and uh, Easy Pod, the Easy Podcast. <laughs> Welcome, no, Gosh. <laughs> yes, do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. You should I know I have it. a buttery you, smooth voice, you, but I'm not going to go into Barry White.
1: Oh, you should. Oh, the audience wants Barry that's White. That's not true yes, at all. Do. That's So why we're going to move, we're gonna move <laughs> along right now.
0: Episode 7, thanks for joining us. Um, Ask your wife. That's why okay. she married you. All right. It wasn't just the voice. <laughs> Thank well, you. Well, no, but that's where it started. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> all right. Well, Episode 7, last week we talked about Halloween. This week we're talking about film festivals. Yes, film festivals, all the ins and the outs and why you want to go to one and why you might not want to go to one. Yes. So uh, first off, though, we're going to hit with a couple of uh, things we do every week in uh, talking about kind of projects that we're working on. So, Eric, what are you working on right now?
1: Well, I'm kind of doing a lot of planning right now. I've got my Trello open and I'm making a lot of cards. Yeah. Uh, Man, I love Trello. Trello is a great tool.
0: For those that might not know, Trello is a project management tool. Um, It basically works off of a card system. You can put different projects into different cards and then... Lists. Yeah, different lists. And then you can move one card. Like, say you're in pre-production on one project, you have that card that says, you know, uh, Halloween project. And then you move it from pre-production once you're into the actual production part. And then you move it into post-production. And then once it's finished, you finish and blah, blah, blah. Um but yeah, it's a really great tool super super intuitive it and is yeah, yeah it's it's super the user easy interface to use. is awesome
1: yeah it's really well thought out well done um and if you're if if you're not familiar with it, go visit taco at Trello and he'll yeah. he'll hook you <laughs> yeah, up taco <laughs> yeah taco cool so you're planning for what then so I'm kind of you know I'm managing the 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 redirection of the YouTube channel as well as um kind of getting all my Pre production plan together for the uh, biographical piece
0: that I'm working on. And the biographical piece is a 25 year retrospect piece, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a 20. And I realized because I started putting out different um, YouTube videos as kind of practice, which we have talked about before, you know, staying in the edit space and filming and whatnot. So, and I realized that. I'm I'm on the older side of the crowd and not too much older. I mean, no, but I realize that I haven't really told my story. Like I haven't like people that don't know my history or don't know my involvement in the film industry or even in photography and that type of thing, they might not know and might go, "Well, why does this guy have authority to speak on these things?" Sure. And um so it's really kind of more of just telling the story of my journey in in photography and film in the last 25 years. So, gives a little gives a little backstory basically for people that stumble on my stuff and go, "Hey, who is this guy?"
0: Yeah, and is this going to be one video or are you going to split it up?
1: It'll be a series of 5. So, I'm breaking up the 25 years in 5-year segments because yep. I and they'll probably be anywhere from, I don't know, 10 to 12 minutes long each one. Oh, okay. So, not too long. Yeah. Um just you know, quick highlights kind of tell the story, and it'll be some interesting. Some of the middle years will probably be more interesting than the earlier stuff. Sure. But yeah, usually is. Except there is one f- cool element about the very first one is that there's film in my film camera, my 35 millimeter film camera that hasn't been developed. For Was t- it
0: like in a, in your Pentax or your Canon A yeah, yeah. one
1: or whatever? Uh huh. It hasn't been in 25 years? 22 years. Oh, wow. The film's still sitting in the camera, and part of part of the first segment is, is I'm going to get that film developed, and so my wife is, is dying to, excuse me, Start my wife, yeah. yeah, so there'll be some interesting pictures out of that because it's <laughs> yeah. from my honeymoon 22 oh, years geez. ago, and my wife's been dying to see those. <laughs> And so everybody else will get to see him at the same time, so it'll be or they won't or or, or they won't yeah, <laughs> yeah it doesn't get the develop comes out, and it's yeah. completely black or, yeah, yeah. You,
0: you your your wife at one point opened up the case mm. and then just totally overexposed everything no, she never did that <laughs> I might have done that yeah, uh, yeah yeah oh man, well that's funny, well, um they had the first episode i guess release of that narrative series that i was working on here
1: oh yeah yeah the party uh, yeah it came out yeah. last
0: week um just i don't think they put it online yet no it looks it does it looks really good yeah it came out really, wait really great this really great you guys so. to see it yeah i'm happy about it so yeah we'll have some links and i'll try and do some breakdowns of how and what i oh, shot that'd it with be cool. um yeah. and and we'll throw those up on the youtube channel so that's what we've been working on, and uh, what have you been watching? you been watching anything? Oh,
1: dude, there's some <laughs> I think watch things that I watch by osmosis is like becoming a thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that seems to be it's your like common a, theme. It's like a segment. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but osmosis my, with Eric. Yeah, the eleven year old daughter sitting there watching the TV and me in the kitchen just because the way everything's yeah, laid you're laid out, out yeah. And like and then I'll stand there eating and and next thing I know, I'm watching The Princess Diaries. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is that what you watched this last week?
0: <laughs> yes. Have you never seen it? I
1: watched... Well, they've had it on. Like, my my older daughter had watched it, and I, I watched pieces of it. Yeah. But, like, I actually probably watched most of it <laughs> this time around. And I watched half of the second one. Because oh, oh. my daughter started watching the second one. Yeah. So... So yeah, Princess Diaries, so Princess, Princess Diaries, Diaries 2. <laughs>
0: I don't know if we yeah. want to... Do you want people to know that? I, don't care. Yeah, I okay. don't care. I don't care. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah. You watch anything else though?
1: Uh, yeah. Actually, last night went with the wife and saw Beautiful Boy. Yeah. This and is the
0: Steve Carell movie, right? Yeah.
1: Steve Carell and Timothy... I'm going to mess up his last name. Um, that's Chalamet. A, that's Chalamet. also
0: a common... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Listen to Zach and Eric totally <laughs> butcher, butcher these names. people's last <laughs> names. Yeah.
1: Calime, Cal, Cal, Calumet, T- Timothy Calumet, I think. Okay. Is his, uh, or Chalamet. It's C H A L A M um, E T. Fantastic. Oh my gosh. The acting is amazing. Yeah. You know, you think Steve Carell, you think The Office, you think, you know, these comedy bits. and um, But such a dynamic actor. And, Timothy here's a problem for me. This this movie is very serious in nature and it's about the, the, the father son relationship and dealing with the son's addiction. So he's got a drug addiction. Yep. And um and then the, the the parents are the original parents, his parents are divorced and they live in different places and so they don't really get into that. I mean that it gets revealed, but <clears throat> I Think part of it is, you know, you, you, I, it's as I'm still processing, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a tough situation because it's really close to home right now. And the, the actor that, that plays the son is looks a lot like my son. And so it was, it wasn't a warm, feel good movie. This isn't a movie that you go watch to escape, right? But, and you know and i think here's the thing it was it was good it, so it's based on these books from david Sh- um chef and he was the father and the son nick chef and they both wrote books about this journey through addiction and it's um it's, it's pretty heavy there, it's not like this warm fuzzy story at the end it's not like I mean he does go through some pretty serious withdrawals and, and this type of thing but um, it's it's like it's a real problem yeah and it's a huge problem right now one of the things that I did not realize because at the end you know they're they're promoting um, you know how to you know promoting resources and things of that nature to, to kind of battle addiction but drug addiction is the biggest cause of death under 50 right now yeah it's a serious problem and um overdoses and all that type of thing and so it's i mean i it's really hard for me because i'm sitting there um wrestling through that and it was very real and the fact that the actor the son that played the son looks a lot like my son not good no yeah. So, that's a hard one. That's a hard one to get through. Um and you know that's life. I mean, life you, there's stuff that happens in life and we've got to weather those storms and sometimes the storm, you know, weathers you. Yeah. And so so yeah. I, you know, I like to go. I, a big part of film that I that I enjoy is the escape element. And you know, you know, as you know, being a Marvel fan, that's total sci-fi mm-hmm. fantasy. You know, there's nothing real about that. Yeah, there's there's a place for it though. Yeah, but you know, and then this is you know real life. And I think the thing about film that I really enjoy is, is that it can help us. You know, you go to a film, you need that escape. Yeah, you can escape for two hours seeing a mindless movie like Venom. <laughs> Very mindless, incredibly mindless. Or you can go to a movie like this and realize you're not alone, right? You're in this space. And that's the biggest thing is sometimes people feel like, oh, it's only me. Nobody else is talking about it around them. And like, wait, this there's a whole crew of people that felt strongly enough about this to, to take this, this story and put it on film, and maybe it's going to help somebody. Yeah. Maybe it's going to help somebody have a discussion that they never had. Maybe it's going to help somebody find resources that they didn't know existed. Right. Maybe it's just going to communicate to some parents, look, don't be naive, mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah, a little junior or, or, you know, your daughter might have things that are hiding from you. So um, it's good. It's good. It's done really well. Shot really well from a technical standpoint. Um, <clears throat> really liked the use of how they lit things. The color grading was amazing because you could tell that's the headspace that the sun was in based on the setting. I mean, it was really that's
0: interesting. So they play with the color to kind of give off of, kind uh-huh. of his mind, his mindset at that time. Yeah, the color,
1: cool. the, the color, the color use was really amazing. So I'm turn, mm-hmm. take a turn for the technical right now, but the use of the use of color the use of um location the 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 location so when spoiler alert well it's not really super spoilery but when he when the sun goes through this withdrawal he relapses and goes through a pretty heavy withdrawal and, and they're in this um facility they're actually outside and this is towards the end where and they're sitting outside they're in the sun it's kind of like this garden courtyard area at this facility and there's just this vibe of there's hope mm-hmm. because you've, he's just come through this very hopeless situation. So the use of the space was was done really well. So
0: Yeah, that's cool. I'm going to have to check that out. I, I I don't know a whole lot about it, or I hadn't heard a whole lot about it. And I saw um, a poster for it with Steve Carell on the front. It was like in black and white or whatever. Yeah, beautiful boy. Yep. I really... I really enjoy Steve Carell's drama pieces. He's actually got another movie coming out soon, um, where he's dealing with PTSD. I think he's got like action figures and stuff. Yes, that they come to life and everything. That looks really interesting to me. Um, Yeah, I just I I like I like those kind of movies um, with with those typically comedic actors, you know, moving over. And I, I I it's funny though because I I think I might almost consider Steve Carell more of a drama actor now than a comedic actor, I think he may have in the last, you know, seven years or so done more drama pieces than, than comedic pieces, um, yep. which is interesting. But um, yeah, I'm gonna have to check that one out. So um, it's called beautiful boy. It's out now. Um, check it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It didn't get a lot of, um, didn't get a lot of marketing love and probably because of the serious nature of, of what it is. And it, it released October 12th. So it's been out two weeks. When it first released, it wasn't in a lot of theaters. And right now it's, it, it's actually in more theaters
0: now, but there were two people other than oh, us wow. yeah. in the theater. I mean, it was pretty empty. And it was a Sunday showing too. Yeah. So yeah, there should have been more. Yeah. Yeah. That That's, that's too bad. You know, I, I like independent movies. That, that definitely sounds like an independent film. It was. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's too bad that more people don't get to get to check those out and experience that and, um. Welcome to Marwin. Is the oh, is the one? Okay. That's yes. the one with where yes, he plays Steve Carell. One. Yeah. That, with action figures. Yep. Welcome to Marwin. I, I think that'll be. I think that'll be really interesting to check yeah. out. So he gets
1: jumped apparently mm-hmm. and gets beaten to nearly death and then loses all of his memory apparently from prior to that event. Yeah. And um. Yeah, it looks really cool. It, there's there's some
0: interesting... Yeah, the creative ideas with that yeah. are, are really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I'll be checking that one out for sure. But um, what I've been watching is not necessarily something that I just watch. It's something that I also play. And that has been uh, consuming the last day and a half of my life nonstop. And that's Red Dead Redemption Oh, two. yeah.
1: So you bailed on Call of Duty I already? Did.
0: I Dumped black ops at about 10 o'clock Saturday night. And I said, I'm going to check out red dead. It's been sitting on my hard drive for three days. Yeah. Um, I haven't put it down since I was actually late to, to recording the podcast because of it. Um, Oh, okay. Is yeah. This confession time <laughs> yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, I'm to letting it all out now. Uh, Podcast is going to be a little bit
1: shorter this week because yeah. Zach will be back playing Red Dead. Yeah, Redemption. we're gonna cut this real short. Uh,
0: <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye. His gamer tag is. <laughs> this game, this game though, is it's amazing. It's one of the most gorgeous games I've ever seen, and it it's a lot of fun. It, it's a it's a western which is my favorite genre growing up. Yeah. You know, Clint Eastwood and, and Sergio Leone and all those guys. And, oh my gosh, this game, it's beautiful and it's artistic and it's creative and it's cinematic and it's fun and it's terrifying. And yeah, I, I'm only like, two and a half percent completed on the game oh, for yeah. a day and a half. It, it's It's got something like 65 hours of just normal oh. campaign time oh, without wow. even doing side missions and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. just crazy. But yeah, you're, you're just riding around in the West. So it's like the mid the middle West of the country and um, you're on horseback and carriage and it's, it, you know, like the rain will just come out of nowhere in your middle of town. All of a sudden it's just muddy everywhere and then you'll have a, a street you know like an alleyway fight with a guy and then you're just covered in mud and then you have to go wash up and it's like the interactiveness yeah, is just wow. you're just living this life of an actual cowboy and it's 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 pretty intense and it's a lot of fun and i sheesh i cannot recommend it enough like if you have an xbox one or a ps4 like just go get it yeah clint eastwood <sighs> the mule yeah. Coming up. This looks cool. I mean, you mentioned Clint
1: Eastwood. I mean, Clint, Clint Eastwood's yeah. a cowboy. He was Red Dead Redemption character. My
0: only bummer about it is he looks so old in it. He's 88 I years know. old, dude. It's bumming me out. Is it? Because I grew up watching, you know... Dirty Harry. Yeah, but more of his westerns. I mean, Dirty Harry is an urban western, I guess yeah. you could say, but... Uh-huh. um. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. A few dollars more, yeah. a fistful of dollars, and yeah. just even Unforgiven. Classics. And it's just, yeah. I grew up watching that. And those, you know, a lot of people had John Wayne. Yeah. I I had Clint Eastwood, which, you know, which is kind of weird because I'm 30. So you would think, um, you know, mine would maybe be somebody else for my Western. Maybe uh, uh, not Kurt Russell. Uh, I guess it could be Kurt Russell. He was yeah. Wyatt Earp in a movie, but yep. um, And Tombstone. Oh, Tombstone, which is instant great, classic. But I don't think you know when I Val think Kilmer, of Kurt Russell, I don't awesome. think westerns. Right. When yeah. I think Kurt Russell, I think you know Escape from New York. Yeah, John Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, you know. Um, but uh, I guess who was the other uh, Dances with Wolves? Um, Kurt, uh, um, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. I guess he yeah. could be my my western, which he is also in. I think one of the most underrated and also the greatest modern Western films in the last 20 years, which is open range. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen open range, go check it out. Like I can't really recommend it enough. It's up there with a lot of the great modern, you know, the proposition is another one, which is a, um, Guy Pierce movie. Um, that's, that's a Western and that movie's great too, but yeah, go check out open range. It's probably one of the best modern Westerns that still kind of, Feels like a, a classic spaghetti western in a lot of ways, but Kevin Costner is from my my uh, alma mater, Cal State, really, Cal State Fullerton, Cal State. Yeah. Wow, all right, yeah, um, yeah. that's it. It's, I mean, you guys ever? Hang I out? met him once. Yeah, yeah, I met him. Yeah, he he was
1: ahead of me by a few years. Um he's a little older than you. Yeah, I think he graduated four or five years before, as I was just getting there. Um, okay but um but yeah he he had come back and done some some talks and it was pretty cool yeah that's cool so i think i think we'll
0: have some, to have an episode on westerns some lectures
1: that's what it was some like oh he did some yeah, yeah some that's cool
0: um i think we'll have to have an episode on westerns absolutely um yeah it's probably my favorite genre um it might be tied with like hard sci-fi um i'm a big fan of of sci-fi not in the sense of like I know I say it every time, but it's just the one that comes to my head, you know, Transformers is sci-fi, but I don't consider it to be in a certain area or certain genre that I consider hard sci-fi, which would be something like Moon or uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey right, or yeah. Gravity, which Gravity, I mean, it's not super hard sci-fi where it's not getting like, you know, scientific mathematics and stuff like that. But um, it's more of a grounded in reality, but then also bringing in this kind of like, fantastical the, the fiction side of sci-fi because there is science but then there's also some fiction to it and that's the only way you get sci-fi out of it but um yeah i think westerns i definitely grew up watching more i was probably a cowboy you know a, a dozen halloweens you know or some form of wow. it and Constantly walking around as a cowboy, you know, just around the house or going to, you know, going to the store with mom and dad and just dressed like a cowboy. But so you weren't Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story. You were no, so because that Toy Story was ninety five. Yeah, first one. I can't remember. But yeah, ninety. Um, yeah, early. I. I mean, I loved. Uh, yeah, I wasn't Woody. I was never Woody. Um, I don't. But he I was the see, cowboy, right? He was. Are but you sure. I may have been. I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember dressing. You, you know, have to call mom. Hey, mom. my earliest, my earliest costume. I mean, we're, it's here we go. It's Halloween time, right, yeah, so sorry about it. Um, my earliest yeah. costume that I can remember is, um, I think I was Peter Pan. Wow, And I think I only remember it because I was, I, I've seen pictures and I probably don't actually remember this, but yeah. I was, I was a toddler. Like I was yeah. tiny. The first one that I, I really remember like being in costume for was me and my buddy in, in the neighborhood were Freddie and Jason. Oh. And I was like maybe eight or nine. And were you Freddie or were you Jason? I was Jason. Cause yeah. I was, you know, I was already six, four by the time I yeah. was nine, you know, but, um. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> not, not really, but I was tall. I was a tall nine year old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think we'll have to have an episode on Westerns. It's it's my favorite genre, like I've said, multiple times already. So we're gonna yeah. move on. But um the the thing that we wanted to talk about today um is something that not a whole lot of people might have experience with or you might not have it's ex- mysterious. Yeah. It might seem a little more out there than you, re- than you yeah, realize it's, su- it's super insider, you know? Yeah. I mean, you hear about the Sundance film festival or the New York film festival or TIFF or South by Southwest, which we'll talk about. Um, and they seem like these weird kind of extravagant, you know, um, yeah, big canned. movie star cans, and, yeah, and obviously yeah. cans mm-hmm. of them. Um, that you know you got to know somebody to know somebody to get into these and they didn't used to be that way um, these film festivals used to actually be film festivals um, I mean they still are they're still showing different films and different genres and they have their small movie moments um, where they're, they're showing like the, the actual independent films but in a lot of ways these these festivals have become premier locations for yeah. big budget movies that are coming out now I right. mean South by Southwest, might be the worst about it. Um I think Yeah, it has I would say that
1: it has gotten to that. Like it's it's becoming more that than than what it should be. Yeah.
0: It's a lot of these big ones have gotten away from the, you know, a, you know, you're you're in, you're entering your film for the first time, it's the first thing you ever made and it probably sucks, but you know what? They got it in and they accepted it and then um, they showed it, and you were one of 30 other ones that were also shown to, to only two people in the room. Because that's just the way that these film festivals are. Right? Um, there's so many showings going on, and especially in the big ones, in South by Southwest and in Toronto Film Festival and um, Sundance and everything. There's multiple showings going on at multiple times, and if you're one person, you cannot see every single one at these at these big film festivals. So the one that we wanted to talk about, though, that we, um, at least half of us have full experience on, is South by Southwest. And Eric, you worked for South by Southwest for how many years?
1: So yeah, basically I got, we, we relocated to Austin from Los Angeles about five years ago and not being familiar with the Austin area or the Austin culture, I thought what a better way to, to get familiar with that very quickly was to... Participate and volunteer in probably one of the biggest events in the city for that. I mean, yeah. So it, may, it 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 afforded me the opportunity to meet some really great people and work with people that have been there for a long time that uh, and get familiar with the city because I'm running around these different venues, shooting these different artists in um, theaters and um, stages all around the downtown area, which. Under normal circumstances I probably wouldn't have spent that much time downtown. Um not really neat there wasn't really any business that I had down there and uh, No no need to really be. Yeah, down it there was again. you know, I mean I'm family of five, suburbia is kind of where life is. And so I thought, hey, this is a great way to plug in. Um
0: so, how did you first get involved with South by? Then, I mean, you you mentioned that you you thought no better way than to just jump into one of the biggest things going on in the town. <laughs> but, but how did you first get your foot in that door?
1: Well, it was easy because I had um, photog- I had professional photography experience when it came to events. So, pro sports, pro um, <laughs> pro music events, all over, like major festivals all over the world from. Um, Bonnaroo to Hyde Park Festival in in London, as well as a lot of premier shows, um, stuff like that, professional sports photographer. I did a lot of live events, a lot of music events. Mm-hmm. So my portfolio for music was pretty
0: vast. Yeah, because South By started originally as a music event, not a film festival, right? Or am I mistaken on that? I might, I might be a little off on that. They may have always had some sort of a film festival side to it, but it was very small. I mean, but now, you know, Jonah Hill and Chris Pratt are premiering movies at South by Southwest. And um, what about your experience, you know, those five years that you worked there, what is just some kind of like insider stuff that, you know, might kind of demystify just just the festival experience as a whole.
1: Well, I think, so you're right. the The festival in the beginning, I mean, it's been around for over 30 years. Yeah. In the beginning, it was really more about the music. The music was kind of the big thing, and it's evolved into a multi-festival thing now. So what is that? What do I mean by that? So there's multiple festivals happening simultaneously within yeah. a two week period, and there's there's a little bit of overlap. So it starts off well. South by doesn't consider the edu part of it as part of the South by, but the, now what's edu? So edu is education. So well, it's an yeah, education okay. festival, and so it's it's like
0: breakout sessions and stuff from there's people breakout in the sessions. Industry?
1: There's lectures.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: But that's that's that happens a few days prior to the actual main South by that's considered. So if you're in the education industry to whatever level, um, and there's a lot of people that that will come for. So this is how this is how it breaks down. There's an interactive. So interactive is anything digital, um, internet based, application based, um, and gaming is was is considered part of that. So, but gaming is becoming rapidly larger and yeah, larger element is getting bigger and bigger. So, I wouldn't be surprised if you see in the, in the near future where you're going to have a gaming ver, uh festival that's strictly gaming outside of sure. interactive because there's so many so interactive is so
0: there's a lot of working pieces to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and E3 itself is just so huge now. And it's it's kind of hard for normal people to get into E3, it seems, lately. It's kind of like yeah. Comic-Con in that regard. Yeah. That, yeah, it would be great if there was an alternative to E3 that, you know, got big on its own and... Um, hopefully it doesn't become too big to where it's just another E3 and the normal person can't get into it. But, um, so you have these two weeks of festivals and they're overlapping and what, what, what was your main, your main thing that you were doing there? Well, when
1: I first got there, it was music because that was what, that was, that was what my portfolio was full of. That's what I was passionate about, um. I do have a passion for music because I feel like music transcends cultures and that's a whole nother subject um, so the film there's a, there's a the film festival aspect there's the interactive festival aspect there's the music festival aspect and um, and then there's also a comedy festival aspect oh, right. I mean South by is becoming this big monstrosity that is is quite honestly amazing that uh, they got all these working pieces they've got all these venues taken over like eight s- square city blocks jeez and it's just how they're managing all of that all of the volunteers they have the largest volunteer photography crew uh, in the world oh wow and to cover all these events And I mean, it's just interesting to see the different aspects. I mean, you obviously have these different vertical pillars that people are managing. But there's to demystify that is get the program, get the map book, yeah, get the app, right? And 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 all that information uh, really helps you. I think one of the hacks for South by is transportation. Um, And there's some cool like Mazda has been a sponsor, uh, Chevy's been a sponsor. And basically they give you, it's a free Uber ride Oh, okay. from all around and they've got different stations where they pick people up and stuff. So, cause they want people to check out the new cars. So yeah. basically they bring in a whole fleet of the new cars and give people rides all over the city. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. You sign up, you get, you know, you give them your email, you get a wristband and that's your, that's your ticket for the week or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it. it Going to South by there, there's there's different tiers in the in the badge process um, that you can do just an interactive festival, you can do just the film festival. Or you can get a platinum badge that gets you into everything. Jeez, yeah. Get a platinum badge; it's fifteen hundred bucks, and then just lose your mind <laughs> because <laughs> right. you, you're going to be so frustrated from having to pick from different things. Yeah, because you're going to want to be at three things at the same time, and they're at three different spots across it. It just, it's yeah, it's big. It's big. Um, but I think the 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 film festival aspect of it is is really cool be, because. You get access to these when they do these film festivals. They'll do, and even some of the bigger ones, um, they'll do the premiere. They'll have a red carpet element, which I'm not a fan of. Yeah, you know, it it, it totally makes you geek out. And you, and it's like let's remove that element and let's just have a meet and greet. Yeah,
0: let's let's talk about that for a second because the thing that in my experience that I've always enjoyed about the film festival experience is that it doesn't feel so a listed or like, so set, you know, like just blocked from the normal person. Yes. It, it, in my experience, like I've gone to film festivals and I've seen yes. films, you know, at those festivals and then the actors are just right there. Yep. They're just right next to you yep. and they're walking in the and same door not, that you and are. It's not weird. Yeah. It's not weird because everybody is just, they're there for the same reason. Right. And it, it feels like film festivals... Now, I know we're, we're I'm kind of knocking bigger film festivals a little bit. I mean, they have their place and, you know, they're doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, but at the same time, it feels like it kind of loses that that magic or that, um, I don't know, that element of the uniqueness, the independentness of, of film festivals when it gets bigger like that.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think, you know... It, I think it makes it weird you you have a you have a red carpet you, and you have it roped off and and then you get all these photographers up in there and they start snapping pictures and there's this element of euphoria that happens and um and and maybe you're a huge fan and you're geeking out i mean everybody geeks out to some level for somebody or something sure and um, but if you remove that element intentionally, like let's say you, let's say we're not going to have a red carpet. You got Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart coming in. Um, I'm not going to mention the movie specifically because it was... You it know was, the one. It was very crude. It's not good. It's um, also not good. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were some funny moments in it, and I see what they were doing. Um, but, you know, it's... Anyway, but you take away the red carpet element, right? And you have... A guy like Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart come in and do a meet and greet in the lobby. Um, yes, you have security, obviously, because yeah. you don't want some. Yeah, you know. you're not an idiot. Right. Yeah. So, but you can you can have security in in that because that's a controlled environment. You're inside a small mm-hmm. theater lobby, and the theater's maybe fifteen hundred or or a yeah. These aren't seats. huge. They're not massive. Man's Chinese theater. No, no, you know, no. like yeah. And even on that, even in the Chinese theater, really if, it, if, big, yeah. if if you were there and you did a small meet and greet, you know, there's only a certain number of people that are going to be able to fit in that lobby in the first place. Right. So you follow the. Fu- I mean, it just takes away that, like, oh, this is cool. Like, mm-hmm. I can talk to Will Ferrell and ask him some questions or, or, whatever. Yeah. Or get an autograph or a picture or whatever. You know, just just be respectful. And I think sometimes they they set up these um, you know these events in a way where you don't have that, and it fosters kind of this, you know, this us and them type of attitude. Yeah. And it it like you said, it becomes like this exclusive. There's an exclusivity that that's developed,
0: and it. I I don't like it. I don't like, for yeah, a film it festival. It, it makes I don't it like feel it. Feel like every other premiere right. instead of the film festival. The film festival to me was. You know, and this might just be my poor conception of it or poor or, thought or of a it, really good conception, or perhaps. a really good conception of it <laughs> is that, you know, the film festival is for typically the film makers, right? The filmmakers yeah. go to film festivals or the film buffs go to film festivals and it's not so much just like uh, I'm not I'm not gatekeeping here. I'm not saying that normal people or the average Joe shouldn't go to things like this, but. That's that's what it started out. It wasn't as designed for of, them it was, in the first place, right? It was yeah. it was designed for people that love movies, want to maybe see what the next best thing is going to be, and these aren't your typical moviegoers usually, right? Yeah, at film festivals, and so now though it's become this like whoever has enough money to pay for the film pass and is the you know and is a huge. I'm not throwing them under the bus, but like, let's say a Harry Potter fan and then, and the next, you know, fantastic beasts or whatever is coming out and they're going to, they're going to premiere it at South by or whatever. (laughs) Well, they're not premiering at South by, but still, um, you know, now the normal person can go in and, and just go there because they want to see Johnny Depp and not so much a filmmaker that wants to go and talk to that gaffer. Or right. that director. I mean, the right. gaffer is probably not going to be there, but because he's already on the next job. But the filmmakers, and you know, maybe actually get some insight into it instead of just Absolutely. like, "Hey, what dress are you wearing to, yeah. this, to this premiere or whatever?" And Nobody it's like, cares. I don't. Your film festival. You, I don't care about it. I right. want to know your thought process behind. Why did you like that red yep. background red and then have the camera go this way to convey, oh, well, I did it because in his mind, in this moment, he's thinking blah, blah, That's what we go to film festivals for. We get go to film festivals for the breakdown and for the understanding the behind the scenes and know why uh, they did it a certain yeah. way. Um,
1: yeah, the first film We've gotten away
0: from that. The first film festival I ever went to was Santa Barbara Film
1: Festival. Mm-hmm. And it was my first film festival experience, and this was back in the day. Um, and the premiere... That they released was without limits. yeah, and um, Tom Cruise produced this film it was about Prefontaine. Billy, Billy Kudrup was the the main actor. and it was an amazing film. I, I really enjoyed it. Here's the thing that there wasn't this big red carpet reception thing. there wasn't you know all of the cameras and take, it, it wasn't that at all. It was there was a panel, there's a panel discussion where if you were in the audience, you got to interact and ask questions. So there was a Q&A session. Mm-hmm. After, you know, they showed the film, and then afterwards there was a reception. So there was a courtyard just to the outside of the theater, and everybody's hanging out, whether it was studio executives, whether it was producers, whether it was the director. Um, sometimes the actors were there, sometimes yeah. they weren't, just yeah. depending on what their schedule was. But it wasn't like this... Oh, there's, we're the inside industry people, and then there's, you know, it wasn't just us and them. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't even think at the time, well, at the time, I might have been working for Fox, so I could have been considered an insider at that point. But I was not in that space. Like, I wasn't anybody. You yeah, know, I was just, you weren't there because you yeah. were there for Fox, right? No, we, I was there with my wife, and we were we're like, hey, we got some passes to this film festival. Let's go check this out. This sound, this looks really cool. Yeah. And, um, and that's what, and maybe because that was my first experience. Um, and it was, it's a smaller festival, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a more
0: local festival. Um, which I want to speak on that for a second. So the, the smaller festivals, the local festivals, I feel like if you're, if you're on the fence about going to festivals or if you have never been to a festival, um, man don't make south by your first no, or anything like that you'll be overwhelmed you'll yeah, never go again go <laughs> go to a small one and you know what you might not see anything you like but that's no. the whole point yeah. of it you're still going to you're going to rub shoulders with people that are you know interested in the same things that you are yeah and you're going to get some insight into just kind of the processes and ideas and how that end of the industry works. Um, A lot of us do the production side of it and, or the pre-production side of it or the editing side of it, but there's a distribution side of this too. And there's a lot of that, that you get to see the insights of at film festivals. Um, Yeah. I
1: mean, that's what they were uh, for industry. A lot of the film festivals are developed for, for independent filmmakers to, to debut and shop their films, yeah, trying to sell to, it for distribution to, to, distrib- to distributors, to yeah. others, to bigger studios, or, or what have you, right? And and then it just and then it starts to become something that it it was never designed to be in the first place. But I think the cool thing about festivals for me is is the being able to see the independent films, mm-hmm. being able to see like okay, somebody put p- pulled together a hundred thousand dollars on on a, on a crowdfunding thing to make this film and just the choices that they're making, you know, it's it it would be considered a budget film, but just seeing the up and comers, you know, it's like, here's somebody that's super creative, that's super passionate, that's telling the story. And otherwise you're never gonna see. Right. Otherwise you or you may never get to meet. And they blow up and you're like, oh yeah, I remember when at this da, da, da 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 And I got to meet and talk with him. super down to earth, super
0: creative, you know, and And this is my segue into that because the film festival that I worked at was the Florida film festival and the movie that had probably the biggest, I guess, premiere there wasn't, I don't think it was its first premiere, but the, you know, the the casting crew were were there for it was for um, this movie called paper man. And um, Jeff Daniels, Ryan Reynolds, Emma Stone, and then um, that's a great cast. Kieran Culkin, yeah, um, who's Macaulay Culkin's brother. Um, this was it, it was I don't even think it had been bought yet. I think I saw it maybe a month or a couple weeks before somebody decided to to buy it for distribution. And really interesting movie, but m- what I'm getting at with meeting people before they're they're huge is Emma Stone. I mean, I got to hang out with Emma Stone. And and Kieran Culkin and we just and talked about stuff and, and talked about the filmmaking process and all this stuff and then, I want to say like the next year or something she's in Amazing Spider-Man. Oh yeah, you know like she yeah. and then she just she's just huge after mm-hmm. that. Um, oh yeah, you know it, it was just it was exactly what you're saying and I think it's a really interesting part of the. The the smaller filmmaking experience uh, – film, sorry, film festival experience is that you might hit these people. Now, she was doing a lot of stuff before that, but she was nowhere near the scale of actor that she is now in the sense of like she's got a TV show on Netflix and then five movies coming out in the same year and all that. But um, it, that's one thing that I think you as a filmmaker or maybe if you're just interested in film in general – you need to go and check out film festivals, you know, go online, see what their schedule is. See if something hits a genre that you like. Um, you know, maybe there's something that kind of piques your interest on it and check that out, you know, pay the film festival price. The smaller ones are really, they're really low. I mean, you might spend maybe 20 bucks and then pay $2 for the movie to go see it. Yep. Um, it's not a whole lot of money and you know, just, you can just choose it. You don't have to go for a full day. You don't have to go for a full week. Um, but, I think it's it's an it's a unique experience that not a lot of people um, go through.
1: Yeah, and and it's cool because so you you see Emma you hang out with Emma Stone in 2009 during Paperman at yeah. this small festival in Florida, and then she goes on and and blows up like she she does Zombieland, Easy Eight, Amazing Spider Man, like you mentioned. That's and what then it was. Zombieland Land. was like the next. Yeah, right. And and so you see the progression of her career, but you made a, you made a friend. Yeah. Right. So there's a, there's a personal, like you got to hang out and, and have a, just a a personal interaction and discussion about, you know, whatever that was. And like, that's cool. It was that's what
0: festivals should be. Yeah. And it wasn't this just how I got my, I I took a selfie on the red carpet with so-and-so it was, I had an actual engaging moment. Yep. With somebody else in the industry that's doing it at a high level at a great quality you know and it's yeah la la land Boom. yeah i mean yeah. she's she's huge now so um yeah yeah i just i can't i, mean, I keep saying that it's like my go-to i can't recommend it enough um but yeah go go to go to a small film festival if you're going to get to one um Right, because you would never see – so here, t- this, is exa- this is a perfect example because
1: you would never see – you're not going to see Paper Man in the theater. No, I don't you're think not, it
0: was actually fully released. I without think Limits a digital, wasn't a right.
1: theater release. It wasn't a theatrical release. And so these amazing films that you end up walking by mm-hmm. at Walmart in the DVD bin Right. that somebody poured that, their life into – Yeah. Right, I mean, I, I use that example because I just did that last night, and I'm I, I'm I'm looking at this bin of you know, and they're all $4.99, and it's and it's like that that's where the movie ends up. It's kind of a sad, that, yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. This is the depressed episode. <laughs> Sorry about that. But I'm but I, but the the point that I'm making is is that to reinforce your point is that you, there's these amazing films, these amazing experiences that you're never going to have in in some you you're just you're not you're not going to do it. And sadly, some of the bigger film festivals are becoming more like the like what we're saying is this kind of elitist, exclusive, you're not going to be in it. And some of them are industry festivals. And, okay, fair enough. If you're not in the industry, you're not going to get it. You're not not going to be a part of that. However, there's plenty of small festivals all over the country that there's amazing filmmakers that Mm -hmm. you've never heard of. Yep. And you're going to meet the directors, you're going to meet the actors, you're going to you're going to meet the, the cast and the crew and be able to interact with them in a way that otherwise you never would.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I was fortunate enough to they were showing um, the girl with the dragon tattoo, the actual Swedish version at the film festival. So I was able to see that so they were shopping it. Yeah, I think they were still shopping at the time. Maybe yep. um, I mean it was a pretty high high budgeted movie. I think for over there, so they may not have been. But I was able to see that, and then I think it was another year or two that it even eventually came out. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I saw some terrible movies. Yeah, and there's those, <laughs> but those are also kind of fun because then the filmmakers are there, and I think the filmmakers, you know, unless you're Tommy Wiseau from The Room, you don't know that, or you, they do know that it's a terrible movie and they're like, you know what? But yeah, I worked and I got this in here and it was accepted still. And and I got to show it in a theater with people. It's a process. Who all laughed at it, but you know what? I'm going to sit here. I'm going to talk about why we did it. And you know, I don't know what I'm doing and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a lot of fun. And yeah, so I I think you should go check out smaller film festivals. If you really want to do the big ones, go for it. I'm not going to stop you from doing that. Um, but i think the the smaller ones are definitely a lot more intimate and one thing i want to go back to is the um the movie bin that you were just talking about at Walmart um I have a story of a movie that uh, big lots uh, in in america we have this this little it's like a it's like a not a consignment store but it, it's basically like stuff that is not really selling well at other stores they bring in into these store called big lots and then they sell stuff for cheap. Well, I, um, I used to pick up movies at big lots randomly. Um, and sometimes you'd get like the full screen aspect ratio ones and you were like, well, what is this? This is terrible. <laughs> so I have like a full screen. I had a, I don't have it anymore, but I had a full screen version of like Schindler's list that I got for like $3. Um, not great. That movie's definitely not great in four by three. Right. But, um, but a movie that I picked up from that, that I would have never, even thought of until I got into filmmaking and stuff is this movie that I know you're going to know of, but a lot of people from my generation might not. It's called to live and die in LA. Oh yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Incredible movie. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's one of those movies though, that I just blind by, I just, I, it was like $4. I was like this, the cover art looks interesting you know what and it's the dude from you know the original dude from CSI William William Peterson yeah 91% of um, Rotten Tomatoes he, yeah yeah but this movie I it's not one that was on my radar at all it's not but speaking of that taking a chance sometimes you got to take a chance on on a movie that is in that four dollar five dollar bin um and sometimes you get a winner, and this movie—I'm um, sure it's on digital everywhere now. But mm-hmm. this was this was ten years ago. Um, to live and die in L.A. It's it's a gritty movie, and the cinematography is solid in it. And it's oh, when was that? Uh, it was early '90s, late '80s, '85, '85. Wow. Yeah. So, William oh Peterson. yeah, right. He's in it yeah. too. Yeah. It's, it's a solid flick. I think really, um, if you can get your hands on it for cheap, it might be on iTunes or something for, you know, $3. Yeah. It might even, you might, if you dig deep enough, it might even be <laughs> it might in, still in be Netflix in the, somewhere. In, yeah. It might still be in the, in the bin at Walmart too. So, um, the but, $1.99 bin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's, it's funny though, that you mentioned that because yeah, that was, that was one of the solid, I mean, I, I picked up some other ones that were just terrible, but, um, yeah, I, I think go yeah, <laughs> take a chance on some on some bin ones. Um, they're not always great, but you know might have some winners in there like like I had with uh, to live and die in L.A. So. Yeah, but um, getting back to the film festivals, um, you know you spent you spent five years at South by, um, kind of what was the biggest takeaway for you? Because I I only did Florida Film Festival for one year, um, and it was only for about about a week and a half, if that. And you, you know, you you were in a different area of South by Southwest. You had a lot more um, things to going on, whereas the Florida Film Festival was just film. You had music and, and video games and yep. and a bunch of different areas to go on. So, what was kind of a big takeaway from for you from that experience?
1: Wow, that's that's a good question. I think, I mean, there's there was a lot of great. Um, there's a lot of great experiences that I had, I think, but the bottom line for me is relationships. And so the relationships that I built on the on the photo crew um are friends that I'm going to have for the rest of my life. Um and then making new friends that otherwise you might not ever have met. Like I was assigned to cover um Jimmy Kimmel and um Kevin from Kevin and Bean was... So Kevin and Bean is a radio show in LA at um, a very popular alternative radio station called K-Rock. So K-Rock's been around since like 30 plus years. Yeah. And so I've listened to to Kevin on the radio for a long time and probably been in a lot of the same places because of the music events that, that I've covered and stuff, but never actually met him. And so backstage, got to, I got talking to 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 Jimmy and Kevin. Just I mean, we're talking about family. We're talking mm-hmm. about our kids. We're talking about just life stuff and um, different things that we're. And, and you know, he's he's about my age. And growing up in L.A., I mean, it's you know, we had a lot of the same types of experiences and sure. and bands and music tastes and but it was cool. And and it's like, I wouldn't consider, even though at some point in my life, I would have been a fan. um, I'm, I'm considering more a friend Mm -hmm. than, than being a fan at this point. Um, Now that was just one conversation. So we're not hanging out. We're not talking every week, you know, so it's not, not that kind of a friendship, but um, you know, it, it was, it was, we related on life levels
0: I think that's a really good point to bring up is it normalizes the the, the Hollywood experience yeah um, film festivals do because I think in a lot of ways we, we think of certain actors or creatives as just they're on another level than us and they're on another tier maybe than us and I think you know in, in a creative aspect that's that's true but I'm sure majority of them like to just talk about nothing. Yeah. Just to be normal. Absolutely. You know, and,
1: and because they're surrounded by people that don't treat them that way. Right. Right. Yeah. There's, there, there's this element of celebrity that, that they've got to navigate. And to be able to hang out and just talk life stuff, that's super refreshing. Like, don't make it weird. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't, don't be weird and go, hey, yeah. Right. Right. Can I, can I have your autograph? Yeah. Can, Yeah. can, Can we take a selfie? Right. Um, and and there's a time and a place for that, but I they they're inundated with that 24 seven, and I and for me it's it's been don't be a fan, be a friend, mm. and and sometimes being a friend is giving them their space. Yeah, like don't get up in their grill. They're having yeah. They're, read the room. Yeah, they're having we, yeah. They're having dinner with their spouse or or their family or whatever. Please don't bother them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and so for me the biggest takeaway is make friends, be respectful. Don't don't treat people differently because of of who they are. You know, give give them the same level of respect that you would anybody else. Yeah, um, and they're going to appreciate you for it. They're going to appreciate that that you're treating them with honor and respect. Like, would you do that? Would would you behave that same way to somebody that you didn't know? randomly in a restaurant or right. at a mall or whatever yeah so you know and i think taking away that that element of celebrity i think it's important because then once you do that then you can make friends then you can be a safe place for somebody that may not have a safe place because they're surrounded in 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 the industry with all the you know people are are clout chasing or people are trying to climb up the right. the ladder or whatever so to speak and and uh, that's i mean sorry, I'm messing around with stuff
0: you good yeah, I mean, I think that's important to to realize is just to be respectful and you know the the networking with that will come naturally, yeah, um I mean you know all of us were constantly trying to network we're constantly trying to. Um, you know, get people on our radar, get our, you know, us on their radar. But I think you you have to do that in a respectful way. And film festivals, they let you brush, you know, brush shoulders with all types of people. Absolutely. And um, it's a a very important aspect, I think, of filmmaking is to just kind of see how that world is. Um, I don't know how much longer film festivals like this will be around. Um, I mean, South by is, and, and the big ones, the big five or whatever, will they'll be around for a long time, I think. But um, yeah, and they're networking events for some people at some
1: level. Yeah, um, but they're not going to be networking events for the smaller filmmaker or the the the, the person that's just coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got to and 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 fair enough. There's a place for that, and you've got to put in the effort. You've got to put the work in. You've you've got to pay your dues, so to speak, to a certain degree before you're, you know, and that's why there's a submission process for getting your film in there. And there, I mean, but it doesn't mean that you can't, you can't be that. I mean, two was it two years ago, two, three years ago, where, and I even forget the name of the film, completely shot on iPhone at Sundance. Uh, Tangerine. Tangerine. Yep. Like what, wait, what? Mm -hmm. How many people have an iPhone in their pocket? Right. But I think what, what's cool about that is, is that it, it, it gives everybody an opportunity. Like if you're creative, it doesn't matter if you have an, an ARIA
0: Alexa or if you have, you know, a red. Y- yeah. The y- format isn't the, the super important part of it. No. As long as the story is there, it doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: Shoot it on a phone. You have a phone in your pocket. You can be a filmmaker if, yep. if, if you
0: put the effort and in. And that got into a huge film festival. Hello. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about kind of just our experience at the festivals and, um, you know, rubbing shoulders with people. But the, the other part of it that I want to talk about is like entering a festival. And I mean, they're, they're all pretty much the same. They're all pretty self-explanatory. If you go to their website, um, they'll tell you, they'll give you kind of the breakdown, the fee and how to best give it to them. And whether it's a YouTube link or a DVD or a USB or whatever. Um, but I think that, you know, if you're if you're worried about getting into a film festival or if you want to get into a film festival, like just do it. Yeah. You know, your film might not be the best thing ever. It might not be tangerine, you know, even though it was shot on an iPhone, but just submit it. And the worst thing that happens is they say, you know, no, you know, we don't we won't accept your submission or whatever, but I think it's important to get an audience um especially with your film if you if you want that style of filmmaking.
1: Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You're going to get an audience. You're going um, to get exposure. You might get exposure to industry people that you you would otherwise never get exposure to um, or your film, for, um, which is a big part of why you would do the film circuit and the first the festival circuit in the first place. But local, local film festivals are a great place to start. If you if you're considering doing that because your your competition is lower. Yep. Um. It's it's not as. I mean, you might have a smaller audience, but that's where you gain the, the grassroots steam.
0: You know, it's it's one thing to release it on YouTube or Vimeo or wherever you want to, but um, there is there is still something about. I mean, we talk about movies every week, and there's still something about that theater experience and seeing your film on a big screen is, uh, it's, it's its own experience in itself. And, um, yeah, so don't, don't worry about getting, you know, denied submission or if somebody is going to laugh at your movie, you know, a lot of people laugh at movies that they shouldn't laugh at. A lot of people like movies that maybe they shouldn't like. A lot of people don't like movies that maybe they should. So don't worry about maybe that audience isn't the right one. Just do, do the film Submit it. If it gets in, it gets in. You know, yeah. and, and it, it's submit to multiples. Yeah, submit,
1: submit to as many as you can that make sense and that you can you know afford to be at. I think that's a huge one. If you're if you're producing a film, if you if you're the one that's yeah, you're handling all
0: the budget, yeah, and everything,
1: yeah. Dude, please, if you get in, go. I mean, go be there, be a part of panels, be a part of the networking, be a part, because you might, so you get into, so outside of South by Southwest, Austin also has a local Austin film festival. Go, go, a friend of mine had a film that was released there and he went there and he was a part of, you know, that whole thing. And it's great. It's a great way to grow your audience. It's a great way to network. It's a great way to premiere and debut your film that you've created and then maybe maybe at some point um, you know it does it does do a full national theatrical release and, and those people that you connected with at the film festival are like they're going to feel that you made them important and they're going to feel special because you spent the time to invest to hang out with them when that film was
0: that nobody knew about. Yeah I mean and who knows what kind of ripple effect that might have on, on other fellow filmmakers, you know, that might be going to that film festival and they were maybe on the fence about doing something and they heard somebody else talk about their experience and it led them to go have their own experience. Yep. Absolutely. So, um, guys go, go to film festivals, go to whichever one you want. You know, um, we, we talked a little bit about kind of the negatives South by, but at the same time, it's still an experience. It's still there's smaller independent yeah, ones. There's yeah. still some smaller. I, stuff I don't to want do. people
1: walking away feeling like we slamming slamming South by in any way. I just think that as it becomes bigger, Hollywood gets involved and m- brings the Hollywood thing to it. Yeah. The the, the South by people are very down to earth. They're not they're they're not promoting that exclusivity, um, in 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 that way. And they're they're trying to still keep that. Um, intimacy and personal connectivity and that type of sense. So please, in no way, take this as a slam on that. It's just that th- this is th- this is something that industry is struggling with. This isn't a unique to South by. It's it's like yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it, we don't want that exclusivity type of thing spilling over. And so don't make it weird. <laughs> Part of it is these Uber fans making it weird. Yeah. So. The encouragement to the fans. Don't make it weird.
0: Yeah, stop making it weird. Stop making it
1: weird. You're so ru- that ex- ruining it for that the rest that of us. exclusivity will yeah. will those ex- exclusive walls will come down to some degree if you just chill out. Yeah, just just <laughs> just be cool. Just be cool, man. Just Be cool. <laughs> because someday that might be you. Honestly. Yeah. Someday you might be in that place, and you don't want that weird stalker fan. You know. So. Yeah. Anyway. Security's a thing. That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know it would be cool. Even as we're talking about this, I think it would be cool for for us to do some on site, do some on site podcasting, and, and actually pull some these people in and get yeah. their their points of view and their perspective
0: on that. That yeah. that um, that we could share with you guys. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, we're always looking for ways to get more insight to people. So yeah, that would that would be uh, that'd be a really good avenue to go down. So, yeah, guys, just go check out some film festivals. Um, hopefully we gave you a little bit of detail, inside detail about that. And, you know, they're nothing, they're nothing fancy. They're nothing magical. Um, you they know, can be magical. They can be magical for you. But, <laughs> yeah, they're not this crazy, weird land of – you know, opportunity that only a listers can get into. So check them out, go, go visit a small one. Um, I, yeah, I really enjoy doing that. It's a lot of fun. You can get to, see some very unique things that might not ever show again anywhere else. And you got to experience that moment. So uh, other than that, though, that's it for this week. What we're going to do next week is we're going to go see Bohemian Rhapsody. We're going to talk about that. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to do a new segment called flashback, flashback, flashback. Is that what we're calling it? I think that's what we're going to call it. So we we might change next week, but anyways, we're going to revisit change the title. maybe. Yeah. We're going to revisit an older movie. Uh, no, it's an old movie. It's an old movie. Yeah, it's, it is. I, yeah, it's not older. It's not five years old. It's 30 years old. Uh-huh. Um, 34 years old to be exact. And we're going to talk about the movie from 1985 called Less Than Zero with- uh, Andrew Robert, McCarthy. Robert Downey Jr., Andrew McCarthy, James Spader, Jamie Gertz. Yep. Um, this movie, yeah, 34 years old now. And but it's still relevant. Very relevant, especially given, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s history. So we're going to break that down get into that movie and talk about Bohemian Rhapsody a little bit. So, Eric, where can they find us online if you guys want to find us online?
1: Well, you can find us on Instagram at The Easy Podcast as well as on Twitter at The Easy Podcast. In addition
0: to that... Where else? Well, I'm on Instagram as at Zach Abbott's and you're on Instagram as Eric Thurston. So you guys can find our personal ones there and the podcast on there. And then we're also going to have a little video this week on YouTube. That's going to be exclusive just for that. Um, we're going to try and get more into YouTube stuff since this is a filmmaking podcast. We're not really doing a whole lot of filmmaking with this podcast, um, aside from just talking about filmmaking. So we're going to try and get our feet wet in the YouTube realm a little bit more with this podcast. So that's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. And, and on YouTube, they can find us. Is, oh, where. oh, good. where are they gonna? Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And they can find us <laughs> at the Easy Podcast Show. Yeah, on YouTube. Thank yeah. you for that. You're welcome. Now I'm gonna segue out of the you show. Be fantastic. This is the end. This Goodbye, the everybody. End. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye bye.